0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Demetra Gray show. I'm here alone today as opposed to with my husband, Jordan, because we just got back from Mexico like literally an hour ago. And uh he his next few days are quite busy, so I decided to do an episode by myself for this week's and uh, hopefully maybe he'll be back on the next one because we really want to talk about uh, – we got some additional questions about just what it's like to live as rural as we live and the pros and cons, and we definitely have both pros and cons for that, and uh, we want to – I think it would be fun to talk about that together, so – I'm planning on that being the next episode. We'll see. Uh, But it came up a lot while we were traveling, too. So we were in Mexico with over 100 people. Isn't that crazy? I don't think I met all of them, but I met – I know I didn't meet every single one, but I would say I met at least, like, I feel like 80%. Uh, I met a lot of people. Uh, Jordan is part of this entrepreneur men's group he's been a part of for, I don't remember the exact number, 12 years, 13, I hope I'm not messing it up, some, like, pretty solid number of years, and, uh, this was their, they have an annual, gap. they have many different gatherings with the men throughout the year, uh, but... They have an annual gathering where spouses and families can go. And so uh, I got to go and I had met some of the other people before. And so um, I got to spend more time with them. And it was just really, really great for both of us in many different ways. Um, But it was really fun and a lot of socializing, just way more socializing than we ever get. Um, like, living here on our little island, we don't really see that many people, to be honest. Like, we see contractors, like, people that come to our house. We see uh, our friends. We have some friends that live nearby, but we don't see them super often. Um, Like, I'm, we're not seeing people, like, every day or even every other day. And we just we don't like we go out in the world of course and we get groceries and we like interact with humans but we don't we don't spend days on end socializing all the time and uh it was yeah it's just it it was a lot of energy it was we were at the four seasons which was incredible of course very Everything just taken care of and really nice. The beds were so comfy. It was beautiful. The whole resort was really beautiful. The sunrises were absolutely gorgeous. So were the sunsets. Everything was just really gorgeous. They have all these beds on the beach. I've never laid, I don't think I've ever laid on a bed on the beach. They have these day beds that are propped up. And so you can literally like lay in bed and be at the beach. And I didn't discover that until I think it was the second from last day, which was too bad because, well, probably good for our bank account because they charge you extra for like everything, but they charge you extra for the day bed. I think it's like $100 a day or something and uh, I may have been there every day, so it was probably good good that I discovered it at the end, but um, it was really, really fun. We had a really good time we met a lot of really, really interesting people. And it's just fun. It's fun. I've always been more entrepreneurial and I've had different businesses. Like throughout my 20s, I've never really worked for somebody else. I mean, a little bit here and there. Like I taught yoga and I, out in high school, I babysat and I waitressed for a stint, but I didn't, I never really had uh, a full job like, I was always doing my own thing. Like, I owned a yoga studio for a while, and it was either, I would say, I was either in school or, like, trying to start my own business, and um, it took many different forms throughout the past over a decade now, I guess, which is pretty crazy. And so, I think there's just, like, special qualities that entrepreneurs tend to have, and, that they have in common and just this sort of like open-mindedness and ambitiousness and this drive and uh very self-growth and growth oriented and uh responsibility oriented like people who are really responsible for themselves and their lives and like creating the kind of lives they want to have and It was just really fun to be around a lot of different people like that, just from all over the world doing many different kinds of things. So it was really, really nourishing in a number of ways and also very tiring. (laughs) Um, We were both just really peopled out, I think, by the end. And uh, we had to – we spent the last two nights in Vancouver. We had a family thing for Jordan that involved a lot of meeting different – uh, people. And so it was like people on top of a whole week of people. And it was just a lot. We're both, I'm like so thrilled to be home. And, uh, we got home and our whole house, we had our whole house deep cleaned while we were gone, which if you have never had your home deep cleaned, I had never had my home deep cleaned before. It is a massive game changer. It feels like I, can't believe we decided to do a deep clean cuz we had we've had cleaners that come but they just do sort of light cleaning uh like well they clean the bathroom and they clean like they clean stuff but i don't know what you would call it just like a regular amount of cleaning and uh since in the 2 years that we moved in like we never deep cleaned anything and when we moved in the home we bought it as is and so it had stuff in it it wasn't like It was never thoroughly cleaned out, and when we moved in, we actually hired a woman to come in and deep clean, but she didn't, she wasn't, like, a real deep, like, (laughs) she was a cleaner that worked for a company, but she, she said it was a deep clean, but she didn't really deep clean, like, the house didn't get that clean. She was kind of lazy. I, we fired her not much later. And much, not much after that. But we've worked, we've uh, been using the same company now for like, I think about two years or more. Like, because uh, we hired that woman, like, right when we moved in, the other one. And then we fired her because she was really terrible. And she also would like shit talk all of her other clients, <laughs> which was pretty weird because it's weird to just meet someone and then have them shit talk like everyone else that's just like you. Like, I'm like, where are your client too. Are you going are you like going to other people's houses and telling them like shit talking our house and us <laughs> because it was a little strange and i think i can't i think it was that reason and also that she was just bad at cleaning that we fired her but then we found these people and uh they are way way better we've been really happy with them and so we decided to do this deep clean and wow they like They really, they really did an incredible job. I actually can't even believe it. It's pretty weird. They did it while we were away, so we didn't have to witness or be out of the house for any of it, and apparently it took them, I think, 37 hours in total, which I think will come out to be a couple thousand dollars or so, maybe a few thousand dollars. I'll see what it is, but it's so clean like they scrub the walls apparently and the ceiling and it's weird to come back into our house because you can't like everything they put everything back in mostly the same place but you could tell someone has been here and the whole house feels the main difference is that it feels so nice to be in And at first I was like, is this just like in my head? Like I know it's clean, so it feels better. But I actually don't, I don't really think that's it. I think it actually genuinely feels better to be in. Like my body just feels more uh, at ease. And who knows if it was ever deep cleaned, you know, the past owner had owned it for 20 years. And while it wasn't like visibly dirty, I'm sure no one had... I don't know, like really thoroughly deep cleaned. So it was pretty crazy. It was just pretty crazy to um, to have that be done and come back to it. And then there were some o- really obvious things like our oven. Oh my God, I didn't even know. Like when you opened our oven, I wish I took a before photo, but I never took a photo of it because of how absolutely disgusting it was. (laughs) Like the whole inside was just coated in black. Like it just looked black. And today when we got home, I opened our oven and it looks like a brand new oven. Like the inside of it is like silver again. Like it's like a, uh, a dark gray, like a gray color, and it's not black. And all the caked-on black stuff, which was everywhere, is gone. And I'm just like, wow, this feels like a huge game changer. And I feel like I ma- I mentioned in a different episode that we had had some mold around our windows, and we've been in the process of kind of trying to figure out if that's just a surface level issue or if it's a deeper level issue in the home. It seems to be surface level so far. Um, where, like, they cleaned a lot of it off and, like, Jordan cleaned a bunch of it off and then they cleaned even more of it off and, uh, cause it was just, we were having condensation forming around the windows and then, uh, we had a humidity issue inside the house, but now we've solved the humidity issue and so now there shouldn't be any, like there, the conditions are not good for any more mold to grow. So it's kind of just looking at like uh, the stuff that we allowed to grow by having there be a humidity issue. Is it is it still there? Um, like is is there a deeper problem or not? And it doesn't seem like there is. Like when we we had our home tested for mold, which you can do with an Ermi test. It's called Ermi, and Ours was kind of, like, borderline high. Like, we had higher levels of mold, but they weren't any really toxic kinds of mold. Uh So, yeah, it's really interesting. It seems like everything with our home and my health is sort of like that right now, where it's, like, things that – these things are off, but they're not, like, all the way – like, it just is kind of in this gray zone. Um. But so we've been trying to take care of, like, just sort of rule things out and take care of things. And uh, they really got rid of a lot of the, they cleaned a lot of the mold off. And um, what we'll do is probably in a month or two, we'll retest and see if the levels have gone down. And my hunch, I could be wrong, but my Gut feeling is that they'll have gone down like i I think that we probably just had an issue with the more of the surface level stuff. it doesn't seem although there is one window up in a loft we have that we definitely have to replace because that window wasn't sealed properly, and so uh it it definitely needs to be changed because there is mold growing around that window, but it's not really that bad looking like you can't really I don't know you can't tell unless you look really closely and then it's like. I mean, who knows how deep it goes, but, uh, I don't think it's that deep because I think then our mold tests would have been higher. So we'll see as we go along. Um, but I did all these tests, um, for, I, so in my, in my past episode, I did a whole episode about. Uh, what's called SIRS and autoimmune stuff. So, SIRS is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And I got my, so I was getting tested for that because I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And uh, it was kind of interesting because SIRS would have shown if I was reacting to mold, like if if that was what was going on. And it doesn't seem like I have any of the, I don't know, I have to talk to the doctor, but I, it seems like I don't, I only talked to like they have like a doctor and then a consultant like who you can talk to before you are because the doctor is booked out really far so, uh. But the consultant said it looks like I have a mild case of SIRS, uh. But I don't have it doesn't seem like I have the genetic stuff for mold, but I have it for Lyme, which was my hunch if you remember. Um, if you go back to the episode and you had listened to it, I said that my guess was that. I don't really think mold is my core issue. I think that I had lime. I must have had lime and my body can't get rid of it. And when I look <laughs> at my stuff, I have the genetics. So it's really interesting uh, because you can have this genetic susceptibility. If you have certain genes, you can be more susceptible. Uh, your body basically can't get rid of certain biotoxins, but they can actually test uh, like which gene pattern relates to which biotoxin and So I have the susceptibility for Lyme Um, and I was bitten by a tick when I was younger and then they thought maybe I had Lyme in my mid-20s so uh, I I was never like diagnosed in the moment with Lyme and just having this susceptibility doesn't mean necessarily that you have it but just because of like uh, me having an autoimmune disorder and and these certain symptoms that i've been experiencing it seems like there could be she said like dead lyme bacteria in my body that my body can't get rid of and uh so anyway we're i'm like on a binder we're in a we're using things to see if it if it improves so it's really tricky i mean i was really hoping that doing all these labs was going to give me a concrete answer like it would be like very loud and be like this is what's wrong but instead, it's kind of like the house, like I was telling you, where it's just sort of like these things are off, but they're like mildly off. Uh, so it seems like there's like something going on. But again, is that the core of everything else or is it just a contributing factor? And perhaps there is no big core and maybe it's just a bunch of contributing fact- factors all together, which probably is the most likely, to be honest. So, um. Yeah, so we're just keeping on with all these things. I did feel worse when we went away. So strange. Like, I feel like there's so many pros and cons to different places. And then I also noticed that certain symptoms of mine get better and worse, like, (laughs) depending on where I am. So at home, I was feeling really great and I was feeling, like, not stressed, which was New because I spent a lot of the last a uh, few years, I think, like being pretty stressed, and before we went away to Mexico over that few weeks, I was pretty um, I felt like relaxed, like I felt like my nervous system had relaxed, and I was like, "Wow, and I noticed that my body felt a lot less inflamed and um, but it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever noticed if you have any sort of symptoms, often when the symptoms start to go away, we like don't really notice necessarily because they're just gone. So I don't know if you have this experience, but I imagine that people must, I think it must just be a human thing because when they start to go away, uh, uh, Your brain just started like they weren't there in the first place, and so you just kind of go back to how things were before you had them. And um, your brain just sort of moves on to the next thing, like oh, well, all these other things are wrong, and whatever. So, like, uh, I had talked about how I had bled, uh, like I guess it was over a year. Oh my gosh, it's coming up on a year since I've been cycling normally again. So, I bled. I bled for, like, a year and a half, Um, and uh, when I stopped, like, it was terrible, right? It was, like, the worst thing in the world, but then when I stopped and I started cycling again, it was just sort of like, well, I guess that's not really a good example because I obviously noticed it (laughs) because it stopped, but, like, for example, like, if I'm really congested or something... Like, do you know? Okay, everybody must have this experience. Maybe you already know what I'm talking about. When you get sick, like you have a cold or something, like, and then you're really congested, and then the congestion just like slowly goes away. Most of the time, I feel like we're not like, whoa, hooray! Like every day, now that my congestion's gone, I'm just like not sick anymore. You just like you stop being upset about being sick, but you just sort of move on. Like you don't really notice that it's not there. So I feel like what was happening when I was here before we went to Mexico is like I was gradually starting to feel better. Obviously, my knee was feeling way better. Um, and I, like I've been doing physical therapy for my knee and it's been incredibly helpful. And which like it transformed my whole trip in Mexico. I, I've only been doing it for a month and I actually can't even believe it because um, – The trip would have been such a different trip if I didn't start doing physical therapy. Like, I couldn't really walk a month ago. And I walked around the whole trip no problem. And uh, so that's pretty crazy. And I keep finding myself doing, like, sitting with my legs straight out in front of me, which I could not do a month ago because my knee hurt so bad. So uh, I'm not doing the surgery. I was going to do a surgery in February in the States. And now I'm not going to do the surgery because I think surgery will be so stressful. And now it's kind of like, I don't know if I'll need it. My knee still hurts. Like there's still things wrong, but it's unclear. Like what I'm doing is helping. So anyway, what I was trying to say is that uh, before we went to Mexico, I like got, I was being less inflamed. And I might've mentioned in a different episode that I actually ovulated, uh, from the way that I've been eating, I think, which was higher carb and lower fat temporarily. Um, I've been doing that for like three months. The goal is to do it for three months to see what it shifts blood work wise. And, uh, I, my ovulation changed. It used to be day 21 and for like seven years at least and last month it was day 15. This month I just ovulated. I believe it was, we'll have to see for sure my, uh, depending on when I start bleeding, but I believe it was day 15 or 16. So like it changed my ovulation by a whole week, which is way healthier. Like it's, it just shows that my body's utilizing energy better. So the way I've been eating was helping and I was, so (laughs) I was less inflamed is what I was but I didn't really notice, like, I noticed, um, I, I just, I didn't notice it as much until we went to Mexico, and then I sort of, like, I, I had to eat what the, like, I hadn't been eating grains either for the past couple of months, but then in Mexico, there was no way I could get all my carbs, like, I had to eat grains in Mexico at the, because it was, the food was just at the resort, and I wasn't gonna, like it would be so stressful to try to do all my own things. So I ate the food, uh, at the resort in Mexico. And so I had a lot of like corn tortillas and just my, my macro ratio definitely shifted. Like there was no way I could do high carb, low fat. Um, I tried to keep it higher carb, but there, it was just, you know, we were eating as a group a lot of the time and we were with a lot of people and it was just no like, I didn't want to add extra stress, but so, my my diet changed in Mexico. I was obviously eating more like restaurant seed oils, which I never have at home. And then everything else changed too. Like my sleep was different uh, because we were in a different place and because our my sleep schedule was different. Like we were staying up late, which we don't do at home. Everything changed. We were socializing all day. Uh, we were eating differently. And so – I felt like this inflammation started to come back in my body and, I, and like the inflammation coming back made me realize that it had been going away. And so I was like, oh, I was feeling better because now I feel worse. So I think it's just funny how sometimes like uh, we get shown that, I'm sorry, I'm drinking my tea because I'm realizing that I've been holding this tea the whole time and I have not been drinking it. which I do sometimes because I talk and I hold it and then it gets cold. So, um, yeah. So Jordan, I hope that's not him already. I don't think it is. I heard a sound outside. Jordan went to the grocery store. So I'll have to end this podcast probably whenever he comes back because he'll be coming in and making a lot of noise. But I wasn't going to record this right now, but it was spur of the moment. Um because I felt like talking and, uh, this week is just so busy. It's, it's a lot to come back from being away. And then we might go away. We're kind of talking now, like, will we go to South Carolina or not next month? Cause we were going to go only cause of the surgery. Um, but now we're like, I don't need the surgery. Should we go? You know, it's stressful to travel, but it's also like, I want to see my family. My sister just gave birth a little bit back and, um, I just, yeah, I want to see everyone. Oh, and that's what I was also saying is like certain symptoms. So like overall I felt worse in Mexico, but then here at our home, I was getting this rash on my, the backs of my hands. It's like some type of eczema, but it was really intense last winter, like cover the backs of my hands. It was thick and itchy And it like wept, you know, like it was like it leaked fluid. It was so gross last year. It was like really intense. And I did use a steroid cream for like a little bit. No one could tell me what it was or why it was there. I'm sure to me, everything is linked. So obviously, everything has to do with each other in my body. But of course, the doctor is just like, oh, that has nothing to do with what else you're experiencing, which is insane, but I did use a steroid cream because I was at my wit's end and it h- helped a little, but then as soon as I started u- stopped using it, it came back. So I just stopped using it. And then in the spring of last year, it started going away. And then at some point in the summer, it went entirely away. So, uh, I, and what I've noticed is that it seems like the sun really helps it. So, uh, And so it was gone pretty much the whole time. And then, like, um, maybe in – no, when we were in South Carolina, it went away. So then December when we came back, a couple weeks into being back, it started to come back. And then it was getting pretty intense. I mean, it's still not as bad as it was last year, but it was, like, itchy and coming back. And then we went to Mexico, and now it's gone. So it's like – it seems like the sun on it is the only thing I can link to what seems to make it go away. But – uh, cause it's not food related. It's just like, it's really, it, it seems to be environmental, but it's like, what is it? And the only hunch I have besides the sun seems to help. And the only thing I think we have at home, unless there's something unknown at home that I'm reacting to that I don't know about is maybe the wood stove because the first winter here, I did not have a rash. And then last winter after we got the wood stove, I don't know, maybe it, like, dries out the air. So, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll just see now that we're back once we start making fires. Am I going to get this rash again? And then it seems to, like, <laughs> so, anyway, I want to go to South Carolina, too, because I want to get the sun on my head so I don't have a rash. Uh. So, anyway, things are so complicated. But, anyway, so, uh, it's, but it's stressful to go away, right? It's, like, it's, like, good in some ways, but then more stressful in other ways. And, it's hard to decide what the best thing to do is. Um. But yeah, so now that we're home, we have at least a few weeks before we would go. Well, maybe less than three weeks. We just have to decide if we're going. <laughs> and then we have to book things. I think maybe we're going to decide tonight. So um. yeah, we'll, we're just we're settling in now. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, um, I have this I have like this rhythm that I feel like I've gotten quite good at and I'm really proud of it, so I'm going to tell you about it. Um, when we come back from a trip, how we settle back into the house and um many things have been game changers about this, so I want to share them with you. Uh, the first one is that Having frozen food is a massive thing. So, uh, I have probably mentioned before that we, I I will make like huge batches of soup. Like I have, uh, I think it's a 24 quart pot. Quart or gallon? No, I think it's, it's quart. <laughs> 24 quart. Yeah, cause it's 24 liters. A liter is a quart, right? Yeah. So, uh, a uh, twenty four liter pot, and I often will make well not that often, but often enough I make big batches of soup in that pot, and then we store the rest in the freezer and uh we've had a, now we're down to this one that's defrosting now and then one more in the freezer, so I need to make a new i'm gonna that's like on my thing to do over the next week or two is replenish our frozen soup stores but so The best thing about that is, like, by having that there, not only does it occasionally save us on days where something happens and, like, we're just not, like, we need to be fed or we just need a quick meal. I don't have time to cook or something happens, like, because we don't really have the option of eating out here. We can go to a restaurant, of course, but there's not that many restaurants, so it's not that exciting. Like, we've kind of been to, oops, oh, no, I just spilled my tea. Oh, no, I spilled my tea on the couch and on the white wool rug. But, and it's brown. Oh, this is terrible. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep talking and pretend it's not there. And we have this spray that they gave us when we bought our couch that, uh, see, if I had drank my tea by now, this would not have occurred. We have this spray and it, they said that if, if we have our couch and if we use the spray on any stain and the spray doesn't remove the stain, that then they will give us a new couch, which is crazy. So we have this stain remover and I have used it a couple times because, you know, I've spilled on the couch and (laughs) it works. So, uh, I'm going to use it on the rug and we'll have to find out later. So, I'm gonna do my best to pretend that it's not there and <laughs> just keep going. Even though I think you're supposed to act on stains quickly, but what does it really matter when you have magic stain remover, right? So, okay. So, uh, what was I saying? So, I have my soup method. And uh, so, what? So, a couple things. One thing that we've changed over the past uh, whatever, a few months or a few trips is that we now don't return home as best we can. We don't return home at night, which is, which just feels like massively helpful because I don't know about you, but like when we get, we used to mostly come home in the dark. Like we tried to cram things together and just like take a late night ferry or something, but then we would get back At night, everything's dark and, like, cold, and the house doesn't seem that welcoming. And we're hungry, but there is nothing, and there's, like, no time to really make anything. We don't have any groceries. So when we wake up, there's no breakfast. And um, even if we were to defrost something, I guess we could do that. But then we have to go to the grocery store. Like, it's just not that pleasant. So what we started doing the past couple trips, which has massively helped, is – we come home during the day, even though, even if that makes uh, us stay an extra night somewhere. So like yesterday, we could have come back from Vancouver late last night if we took like a late night ferry. We could have gotten home at 11 p.m. Instead, we decided to stay overnight. And so this morning we took the ferry back. And so now we probably got home around 12.30 or so. And Wait, could that be right? No. No. What was, the ferry was nine fifty to twelve fifty, so we must have gotten home like at one thirty, or so one one something. So, uh, but like middle of the day, everything's bright. So we got home and everything's like happy and nice looking, and we have energy because it's the middle of the day, and so like. I can immediately take, I take soups out of the freezer so I can defrost them and we can have something to eat, like, quickly. It's defrosting right now, the soup. And Jordan took off to go to the store so that we'll have groceries and then we'll make some stuff tonight so we're prepared for tomorrow. So, like, the rest of today, we'll just be unpacking things and getting settled in, just being back in the house. And then we'll go to bed, like, normal. And then tomorrow when we wake up, we'll just be able to, like, start the day. So massive uh if you can do that i highly suggest trying it because it's been really really good for us um and yeah so and then what i like to do is we we buy our meat in bulk mostly so we have a lot of meat in the freezer and so like when we got home jordan and i went out to the freezer together we go together because <laughs> I, um, I, he brings out, this is actually so cute, we go out to the freezer together, and he brings the grocery bags, like, we're going to the grocery store, not every time, but most times we do it together, and we go out, and I decide what we're gonna bring in, and I put them in the bags, and then he carries them in, and uh, so we do, it. we just did that together, where when we got home, we went out, to the freezer, and I brought in I'll tell you what i'm gonna make i'm gonna make that was this was so, okay, so this was the reason why I decided to make the podcast episode today was because uh i i went like I wanted to post in my stories. On Instagram, and you know, if you remember, my intention for this year is to focus. So I'm trying to not get distracted and like go on tangents in my stories because then it takes up energy that I could be spending elsewhere. And so, as you might know, if you've been listening, the podcast is the only outlet I've given myself to do random things and talk about different things. So, uh, I was going to make a series of stories about all the things I took out of the freezer and what I was going to make. And then I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, And I was like, no, I have to do other things. But then I was like, but I could make a podcast because that is a thing I have to do this week. So uh, I'm allowed to do that. So uh, I was like, I'll make the podcast and then I can tell people. So uh, my plan, so what I like to do is I like to get home during the day and then take out the soup so we have something to eat immediately and then like take meat out so that I can be prepared with meals for the days ahead. So I'm gonna tell you, what I'm going to make because I am excited and I really just like this this rhythm I really like my own food rhythm that I've gotten into with cooking uh and I was going to say like preparing things for our family but obviously we don't have children right now um but but I think it's like getting me prepared for that and uh for just like taking care of Jordan and me it's just, I, it took, I feel like it took me a while. Like, I've been cooking for us now. I mean, for most of our relationship. So, almost five years at least. Yeah, like four and a bit years I've been cooking for us f- pretty much fully. Jordan does some things. He's going to make stewed apples tonight, and he does those. And, because the peeling kind of hurts my wrist, because my wrists hurt. Um. So... He'll do all the peeling, and then he'll cook up all the apples that sounded like a car door. Oh, he's back, but it's only thirty seven minutes in he he well, maybe a lot, i but i want to, I wanted to tell you my plan, so maybe I'll keep telling you when he comes in um, so my plan so uh, but yeah, I feel like I've gotten to this rhythm with cooking where it's like. I used to get really frustrated when people would talk about meal planning because they'd be like, oh, I, like, plan my meals for the week. And I like the idea of that, and, like, it seems exciting, and it seems like the best option, except that when I actually go to do that, I hate it, and I don't do it, and it just – it makes things feel kind of terrible. You could come in. It's okay. Jordan's home. Hello. Hi, Jordan. Groceries. The groceries are home. Got orange juice too. You were so fast. fast. He was like faster than an hour. And I got. I checked the mail. Did extra things too. He said he checked the mail and did extra things. I don't know if they can hear you from over there. Got a little more stuff. He Jordan so fast because when he goes to the store, he's very single focus, and he just like goes and he gets the things and he doesn't get distracted and it's just like in and out. And I am the opposite. I like wander and I think and I packages, too. packages. Uh, wow. So, uh, with the cooking rhythm, I feel like like I can't plan out a whole week ahead. I just really don't like it, and it just bothers me. And I I really wish I could. I think if you do that, kudos. Like I think that's the best way to do it. And I think it would be really helpful if I could plan out a whole week and like track the nutrients and make sure everything's accounted for and then like not have to think about food for the week. But that doesn't seem to work for me. I don't seem to be able to do it. And what I found for me that works instead is to always be thinking about food, which I think is just part of life. I think it's okay. I used to get resentful over that, but I think now I just think it's part of life. Like we have to eat all the time and that's natural. And so to always be thinking about like what meals are ahead and things we're preparing for, I think is just a normal part of life. And I'm okay with that being a normal part of life for me. And so I'm just kind of always thinking ahead, ideally, ideally a couple days ahead, but um, sometimes it ends up being like a meal ahead, and so uh being a meal ahead, I like if it's just a meal ahead, then I might just be thinking like, okay, what are we gonna do later? do we have stuff like we always have meat in the freezer, and so it's like maybe I'll think like okay we'll do steak and something later and I'll figure it out closer to then but I have an idea of what we have in the house and what there is and I try to keep certain things around all the time um, and like I really like to have carb sources made already often so like potatoes or uh, cooked fruit or uh, when I was eating more grains it was like rice or whatever would be in the fridge So, um, Jordan is carrying the groceries to the fridge. Uh (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I use, I like to have things like that in the fridge and I kind of like to have things in this ongoing flow of like, there are different meats that are cooked and they're in the fridge and there's different carb sources that are in the fridge. And then I'm, I am aware of what, like, I like to make enough things at a time ideally for two or three days and then I have in my head like hopefully they're kind of staggered ideally and then when one thing runs out like one type of meat runs out and then I make a new kind of meat and that just goes in the rotation and so it ends up being this like uh just ongoing I don't even know what to call it but it's just this sort of flow of food that never stops is my what I try to aim for, and so when we get home, obviously that flow has stopped, and so you have to, I have to start from the beginning, and so that's why with like a frozen soup that immediately starts it rolling because we can immediately be fed, and then I make a bunch of things at once, and so tonight, well Jordan's gonna make stewed apples, like I told you, and then, um. We've been having for breakfast, we actually really like this breakfast some ground beef and stewed apples and maple syrup. And something about like the savoriness and the saltiness of the beef combined with the app, like the cinnamon. We put cinnamon in the apples, so like cinnamon sweetness of the apples is really nice. And it's really nice to have this warm, feels like more hearty breakfast on cold mornings. So we've been having that for breakfast. So we'll make that. So we have it for tomorrow morning. And then I'm going to make, I took out steaks and those will probably be eaten like either as lunches or as snacks. I'm going to cook the steaks probably tonight, but maybe tomorrow because steaks cook quickly. So sometimes I make them right before we eat them, but I usually make like three or four and then we have them over the coming days. So um, I'm going to make the steaks, and then we'll have, like, some cooked fruit. So we have bags of frozen peaches, and that's what I'm going to do with the steaks is I'll just um, – we I cook the peaches, which I'll probably do tonight, depending, although I have to use my pot to make a soup, so we'll see. But the peaches don't take long either because they're just bags of frozen peaches, and you just cook them in a little bit of water, and they – and then add some – syrup and cinnamon to those too. So we've been doing a lot of cooked fruit over this winter because I'm eating more fruit as my carb sources and because, um, it also just tastes really good. Sorry if you hear Jordan's noises in the background, but he has to, he has to unload the groceries. Um, so that's, so we have the ground beef and the apples, and then we have steak and peaches. And then... We have ham, so we have been buying these, they get, like, a local ham at the grocery store. That's, like, a big chunk of ham, you don't have to cook it, it's already cooked, and I've been relying on that for the past month or so. You know, it's not my ideal, it's hard to get, like, uh, really well, like, properly raised pork, but... It's just easy, and I've been relying on it for the past, like, month or so because it's just an easy, like, already cooked thing to have in the fridge for either a lunch or a snack during the day. So um, we'll have a little – like, I might have a little bit of ham and, like, an ounce or two, like, just a little bit of ham and some cheese and some, uh, you know, whatever, dried fruit or different things I find around to have as a snack so, that's nice to have and Jordan could have like sandwiches or whatever from that. So, uh, I Jordan got a ham and then we got short ribs. So, we've been eating a lot of beef because we just got our half a cow and we're out of – we had some lamb around Christmas but we haven't bought another whole lamb and – we haven't bought another whole pig. So we just are kind of, we mostly just have beef. We have a chicken. I did take a chicken out. So I'm going to have, so like, uh, so we have the ground beef and apples for breakfast. And then we have a steak or ham for like lunch and or snack. And then, uh, and then we have, of course, things around the house for snacks, like dried meat or, um, just different things. And then we'll have milk. Jordan's going to go pick up more milk this weekend. And, uh, so we have like other snacks around, but main meals. And then, so for dinner, then I took out, uh, I had Jordan get ingredients. We we took out short ribs from the freezer and I had Jordan get ingredients. I want to make, I've never done this before. I don't know if it's going to go together, but I really want, I've been really craving for weeks, like sweet potato curry soup with coconut milk. And so I'm going to make that uh, and then add like, like, I think I'm going to make the short ribs separately, maybe in the crock pot and then add little bits of short rib to the soup. I don't know if it'll go together, but it sounds good in my head. So I'm going to try that for an additional meal. So we'll have, like, all these things in the fridge. We'll have ham and short ribs and steak and beef and uh, apples and peaches and uh, the sweet potato soup and uh, the ham and the – maybe I said the ham already – and cheese and milk. And uh, they probably didn't have collard greens. Did they have collard greens? They never have collard greens. Cal- I really like collard greens because they're really high in calcium and I seem to be calcium deficient and uh even unless you unless I drink a lot of milk a day, which I wasn't doing in Mexico, um I don't get enough calcium, and so I've been trying to just get more calcium from different sources. Um I'll be done in like 10 minutes just so you know. Okay. Um but collard greens are really, high. and like kale is too, but collard greens is higher. And so collard greens is the ideal source. Then just cook, like cook down really well. And I've been wanting to have them, but they don't seem to sell them at the store here. And so maybe only in the South we can get them. I don't know why they just don't have them here. So at each time Jordan goes to the store, I say, see if they have collard greens and they have not yet. So, uh, yeah, that's a little unfortunate, but so, um, yeah, so that's the plan. And then the chicken, so like the chicken, so then you see how I'm thinking like a few days ahead. So like these things will feed us for multiple days on their own, but then I'm like thinking about when one of these things is going to run out, I'm going to need to have something else ready. And so I took out a whole chicken to defrost. And so that's like going to slowly defrost. It'll probably take a couple days to defrost completely in the fridge. And then, uh, so basically by the time that something is close to running out, the chicken will be defrosted enough. And I'll probably make that in a very easy way. Like, did you know, if you didn't know this will change your life, you can make a whole chicken in the crock pot really crazy. I never would have thought it, but it turns out great every time and you don't have to do anything. (laughs) So, um, you can, uh, you literally, like, of course you can add spices and seasonings and different things. You should put something on, you don't even have to do this, but you should put something on the bottom, like potatoes or carrots, just to like keep the chicken from getting soggy on the bottom of the pan. But I have done it without, and it's been just fine. But uh, it's also nice because if you put potatoes or something, then, like, those cook too, so you have a whole meal. But the chicken, you don't have to do anything. You just salt it really well, and then you put it in the crock pot. Whatever side up, doesn't matter. I put the breast side up, but I've seen people put the breast side down so that it gets, like, juicier. So whatever. It still turns out pretty juicy, with the breast side up, and then you literally just cover the crock pot, and I do it on high for four hours, but you could do it on low for eight hours, I guess. I think I did that once, but I usually put, usually when I make a chicken for dinner in the crock pot, I put it in at like two, one or two, and then by dinner time, it's done, and Uh, so at the end, it usually takes around four hours and I just start like, I check the temperature after it's been either, like, close to four or at four hours, depending on how, like, if I let the chicken come to room temp or not, and, like, before I cooked it. And so then at the end, I turn the oven the broiler on and then I put the whole chicken under the broiler for like a few minutes and so the the skin gets all crispy on the top and then you take it out and it looks like you just roasted the whole chicken in the oven but you didn't do a thing you just put it in the crock pot so if you haven't done that uh you should try it because it's really really great so that's like yeah I find I haven't to be honest, part of this is because I – well, no. The thing is, I haven't successfully – well, I haven't successfully, by my standards, roasted a whole chicken in the oven, like, baked it, but also, I think even if I – because when I have done it, I feel like it doesn't turn out that great. Like, it doesn't end up that juicy, but also, now that I've done it in the crock pot, <laughs> um, It doesn't seem worth it to do it any other way because it turns out really great. And the other way I really like making chickens lately is uh, by braising them. So I really have enjoyed that too. Although I think it might depend on the kind of chicken you get. Like if you just get like a conventional chicken, it probably isn't gonna. I think that the chicken has to have a decent amount of collagen to, like, so that the meat doesn't get, like, I don't know, uh, I follow, so I work with um, Sarah and Ashley Armstrong online. They have, their account is Strong Sisters on Instagram, but they have a thing called Nourish Co-op, and if you're in the United States, I highly uh, recommend checking it out because they ship, they make like, they produce. They have a farm and they produce just the most high quality uh, animal products out there that I think exist at all. And um, when we are in the States, we order food from them and we order chickens from them and they raise these chickens like in the forest. And so these chickens are, they're how chickens are meant to be. And so chickens like a hundred years ago were really scrawny. Like when you look at them, like chickens are naturally a lot more scrawny and their meat is tougher. It's a lot more like, I believe, I think you'd say dense, but it's like, it's tougher. Like, uh, it takes longer to break down the same way like short ribs or something do. And so, uh, when we got this chicken from them, it was so scrawny and they suggested braising it. And that was the first time I braised a chicken. So I put the whole thing in a pot of boiling water. I like seared it. And then I, uh, just simmered it for hours. And the meat was so tender. And the best thing about that is like you get the meat, you take all the meat off and it's like so tender. And then you have all this chicken broth that's super gelatinous because there's so much collagen in the the skin and the chicken. So, uh, I really liked that. And so I tried it at home with a chicken, a local chicken here. So a bit bigger than their chicken because not raised quite as well as, as theirs, but also not like big and fat, like the ones in just a typical grocery store. So kind of in between. And I braised this one and it turned out pretty good, but the meat wasn't as tender as the first one, I think because the the quality of the meat, like, the muscles of the chicken, I think, were different. So I don't think – I don't know that braising would work with, like, a typical chicken from the grocery store. But I don't know. I But honestly, I would do it anyway because for me, uh, like, even though this chicken didn't turn out as great, I would still do it again because – Um, I don't mind the chicken meat being a little dry because, like, I just cover it. I usually cover it in, like, hot sauce or whatever, just something. Uh, Or I made honey mustard, homemade honey mustard, and that was really, really good. So I can, like, dip it and stuff. And I really like having the byproduct of the broth. Like, that to me is – it's just nice to get both. So I think it's worth it to – So, yeah, basically, now those are the only two ways I want to make a whole chicken is (laughs) by like putting the whole thing in water or like making a soup, but using the whole thing or putting it in the crock pot. So, those are just like so easy that it seems like just a waste of energy to to try any other way. We don't eat that much chicken anyway. Um, So, yeah. So, anyway. That's, that's my prep plan for the coming days. And so then what I'll do is like probably around the time that I make the chicken, I'll like go out to the freezer and I'll get another one or two things. So that way I don't usually have, like I'm cooking something most days or maybe like every, maybe every other day or every two or three days it kind of just depends on the the way that it's going, but I'm in this, like, constant rhythm of, um, like, one thing runs out, like, there's another thing to be replenished, and there's always many things in the fridge at a time, and so that kind of cycle works well for us, and I don't think it works well, like, I mean, I think that people have to find their own version of that, like, you have to find a rhythm that works for you, because, If we had like five kids, then that probably wouldn't work as well, you know, because there'd just be, it would be so much food that would have to be in the fridge at all times. And so we'd probably have to, or maybe we would, maybe we would just do it at a different scale. I did actually find that when I held my retreat, I was cooking for six of us and I was a little nervous because I didn't, I had never had to cook for six people for like, I think it was like five days, four, four, five days. And I've never had to, like, be responsible. And I cook. Like, we cooked together. But I was the one, like, keeping tabs in my head of what we were eating when. And uh, I would have never been in charge of cooking for that many people for that many days in a row. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go. But it actually – I kind of followed a similar similar system. But I would say – we did like cook more things. Like we cooked more often. We cooked most days. So yeah, I think you would just have, I think people just have to adjust it based on them. But I just wanted to share that because uh, I just see so many people talking about their meal plans and how they like prep for the week. Like they take a day and they prep for the whole week. And I just like, when I think of it like that, it doesn't work well for me. And what I like to do is to have this sort of ongoing like every two or three days i make something else and i just like add it into the mix and yeah i just find that i get in this like nice little flow where it works well oh okay so my books are on amazon you can buy them uh i they're up my books of poetry so if you've been listening You know, I've been working hard this month to just uh, update everything and make sure everything is good, and I was really nervous for a bit because I needed to change my author page on Amazon uh, to Demetri Gray, and uh, they, like, weren't letting me, and basically they were, at first, they were like, they were like, you can't keep your reviews, your past book reviews they were cuz i had to make a new edition of the book anyway it's like this whole complicated thing but they it sounded like i was going to lose all my reviews but now i did not lose their reviews and they did combine it so um everything is updated you can go buy them they're on amazon any amazon uh if you just search Demetra gray you will find them one is called how to Live When the World is Dying and the Other is Called I Never Wanted to Write a Breakup Poem and they are on sale on Amazon they're both poetry and they are they tell a story like both of them tell a story the second I Never Wanted to Write a Breakup Poem is like a very clear story it's about uh, my breakup with my ex like it it kind of chronicles my breakup with my ex into meeting Jordan and the beginning of my relationship with Jordan And, uh, that one came out in 2020 originally. And so that is like a clear story and it's sectioned like month by month. And most of that book I wrote while it was happening. So it's really cool. I really like, it's special in that way. And how to live when the world is dying was my first book. And that also tells a story, but it's a bit, uh, it's not super chronicle as much like chronicalized, is that a word? As much as it is like a a story of me at that time in my life and grappling with this question of how do I live in this world that feels like it's falling apart and going through the loss of my brother and just so many different losses and trying to find my way in the world. Most of those poems I wrote in my early 20s. And that book came out in 2019. And it's really, really special. That book to me, it feels like a snapshot of me at that time. But both books are meant to be read front to back. So they're not like collections of poetry, like in the way that I see some other collections of poetry, where it's like, oh, just like flip it open. And each poem is kind of its own thing. The books are meant to be read front to back. They're meant to be more of like a story. Like it's taking you on a journey through the book. And uh, it's meant to go – of course, you can do whatever you want. But it's meant to go in this sort of order and certain things go together. And yeah, so those are out. You can buy them. Uh, And if you do buy them and you read them, I would really, really, really love if you could write a review. Uh most of the reviews, when I first put them out, I announced them then, and then I just like never talked about them ever again. So most of the reviews are older. And I really want to give it just like more energy and life. And I'd really appreciate it if you read them, or if you have read them in the past, um, and you have them, if you could go on Amazon and write a review, I'd be so grateful. It really, really helps. Um, and it helps people find them and also enjoy them. So, You will start to see on social media, I'm, uh, will be promoting them and just talking about them and sharing poems on Instagram and on TikTok. If you have TikTok, you should find me on TikTok. I am Demetra Gray Poetry and, uh, I'm going to be sharing a lot of things from the books and then, uh, some new stuff. I've been working on some new stuff. I'm not going to share any of it just, just yet, but, um, in the coming weeks and months I'll start sprinkling in some of the new stuff here and there. So I'm hoping to have a new book out by the end of this year, but we'll see how it goes. So uh yeah, so the focus the focus of my work publicly besides this podcast has moved toward poetry and I'm really really excited. I've been preparing all month for it. So Uh, it feels good to have prepared all month to be ready to release these things and to talk about them and and to now be able to. So you can find them there just on Amazon anywhere. And uh, there is no Kindle version yet. There used to be in the night, took it down because I have to update that and it takes, it's just, I have to do that. So I would say in the next month or so, I'll probably have the Kindle version up. I, it will go up at some point, but for now, there's just the paperback, which I there I have a bit of bias here because I just, I don't like Kindle. <laughs> like, I don't like, I like to hold a book physically in my hands. And I think for these books especially, it's just, yeah, I like to have it be physical. So, um, get the physical one if you can. And if you have to wait for the Kindle, uh, for whatever reason, then it will, it will be coming. So, okay. That's all for now. (laughs) Um, I will, I will, we'll be back next week, maybe with Jordan and me together. We'll see. And yeah, that's all for now. And I'll talk to you soon.